And let, let's talk about the writing a little bit because, I mean, we've done a lot of shows over the years. Uh, mm. You love that, the stage stuff. I mean, I, I love the stand-up. Um, you made me love getting dressed up. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I've been playing ethnic dad characters for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, back, yeah. back in, uh, what, 1996, 97, I think. You know, over, over 20 years, I've been, as a guy called Enzo Piazza in Sydney and I, we had this show called the Dukum Party Show, the two, you know, two old Italian blokes. And uh, we'd get dressed up as old Italian guys and do that. But then, then I did, I just stick, stuck to stand up over the years. But then when we started doing shows, we started doing sketch shows. And I find that you're probably one of the best sketch comedy writers in the country. Uh, you know, working with you has been fantastic in that aspect. And it opened my mind to sketch writing and also acting. But, you know, I've done a whole lot of ethnic dad uh, characters and other kind of characters because of you. So I thank you for that. Tell me a little bit more about the process of writing sketches. For, well, for, for th th thank you, Joe. Like, but like, you know, I, I love your uh, Italian uh, accents, uncles, mums, dads. I can never get enough of it. Like, I can just listen to that for ages, right? Because, <laughs> you know, and I've told you that, but yeah. I just love it. But with a sketch, I, you know, even when we yeah. did some of the live shows, like the early shows, I did a show called um, uh, Habib on Parole, right? And that, yeah, that right. went to, oh, like, I you know, remember that, yeah. And then it went to um, um, Lord of the Kebabs, The Fellowship of the Hummus. Yeah. Which is a massive, like, it, it got, <laughs> it was big, you know, it was a great title back then, right? It was a huge yeah, title. Great title. You know, yeah, yeah. and the title was, uh, like, funny, and it got a lot of, yeah. you know, a lot of attention. But the numbers on that show were, were, yeah. were incredible. And I just gave it a go, yeah. right? I just did, like, yeah. I go. So how I work is, you know, I go on title first. So we come up with a final title, you know? So I always put myself in, in the audience's point of view, perspective. What are they going to see first? They see a title first. They see the poster. They see an image. Right? So I always work backwards. So we, we had a title. We, we come and sketch. And we apply, I just apply a stand-up comedy um, trace to it. Like the show, the sketch has got to start good. It's going to end good. Yes. Right? It's got to start. Yeah. And, and my theory on is like, you know that I give anything a go. I don't yeah, care. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, you know, people go, oh, geez, you're fearless. I go, well, you are fearless. I don't see myself like fearless. that because yeah. Yeah. I just think like this. I think I can always save save the sketch or any standard if it goes bad anyway yeah. because of the impro. I, I go, even if it bays, you know what? We'll get out of it. We'll have a few jokes. I'll muck around. Yeah. I'll do some impro and we'll get out. Yeah. And then we can always yeah. axe the sketch or axe yeah. the scene. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, So in my mind, there's there's an out so there's no embarrassment. Like, you know, what's the yeah. worst? Well, the worst is going to happen is the sketch is not going to work, but we'll still save it anyway. Yeah. And off we go. That, yeah. That's the way I approach well, well, it. Well, I can so. vouch for that because in, in, in one of the shows that we were doing, because I pretty much produced, I was the executive producer of the shows. Yes. We're coming up, you know, with these ideas for the sketches. You came up with this idea called <laughs> translation. Right? And I'm going to try and show a clip. Though. We had uh, Basil. He had to get up and say the Greek joke. Rob Shahadi had to do the Lebanese joke and I had to do the Italian joke. Now, we had to say these jokes in our mother tongue. So I had yes. to get up and say this joke in Italian and you had to, tr obviously, I would tell you what the joke was, but you then translated it in English to the audience. And yes. I said, nah, man, this is not going to work. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I mean, I love you. I love your ideas, but this is 
this is a crazy out there idea. How the how are they going to... So if there's Italians in the crowd, they're going to know the Italian part, but the joke's already ruined, so when you tell them it in English, it's ruined it for them. And there was a lot yeah. of Italians coming to the show. This is not going to work. And I didn't anyway, know any Italian too. I had no, no Italian... Any Italian, of course. Yeah. Or any Greek or any... Well, we will. We'll show a clip. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll show a segment of, of, of this uh, to, the, to, to the listeners and the viewers. And I thought, you know what, Taz? I'm going to... You know, I, I, I trust you. I'm going to give it a go. But we're going to give it a go for two or three times. If it does not work, if it dies in the ass, we're removing Ow. this from the whole show. Because I'm, I'm not... I, you know, the way we work, we like yeah. to have a, fun, a show that's absolutely funny from the start to the finish. Yes, we don't like yes. any down points, right? No. This ended up being probably one of the funniest sketches <laughs> of the entire show. One of the funniest things that we've ever done together, I would say. It became yeah, a highlight. Absolutely, it was. It was an absolute highlight, and I think that we we repeated it from our twentieth anniversary tour. You got on stage, and we did it in front of yeah. two and two and a half thousand people. Whatever many was and that night at the killed. end of the theater. Yeah, and it killed. And oh, Pascal, you would you move into Navesta no poco sexy patia? Because I would like to wear something very sexy for you tonight. Pascal, che momento momento a vesta rossa o a vesta gialla? Should I wear the sexy red dress or the sexy yellow dress? E Pascal, ci facciamo. Allora, mi stai sempre toccando un pico, non è. Non vedi che mi stavo lavando, mi stavo facendo la barba sempre tu, mi stavo profumando, ma non mi importa, mentre ti chiedo che vuoi. I don't care. <laughs> so, no, you know, that, and, and, it's a great thing that you have. You know, I think that you're one of the best comedy sketch writers in the country and you are fearless. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, the process behind that whole, you know, how, how you write. Like, ideas sort of come to my head. Like, and I go, oh, I just want to... And when an idea comes to my head, Joe, my inclination is to give it a go. Like, you know, like, let's give it a go. We can, we can always nut it out a bit, but let's... We, we, we can make it work. I mean, that joke translation worked because, um, like, you know, there was some performance in there as well. You, know, right. you and I performed. Yeah. We yeah. did a bit of acting. It was great. But we saw the audience, like, stand-up comedy is fast-paced, gun, you know, it's just bang, 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 yeah. right? And that's what we're used to, right? Yeah. But that was a different laugh. They were yeah. crying. Raw, that like, was, you know, that was and that's hilarious. why I love to improvise because when you do an improvised line on stage, and mm -hmm. you know this. Yes. There's a different laugh. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's a different laugh. Like, there's a laugh. They, they hang on, he just made that up. Yeah. And the audience yeah. love that. Yeah. They, they react a little bit differently. Even yeah. to the best constructed joke, they yeah. react a little bit differently. Yeah. So, Even when you know, we laugh at each other. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of times when during a show, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. on stage and we just crack up. Oh. And and it's infectious, isn't it? The audience then just just they, goes yeah. along with it. And, and that's one of the that's one of the... The best things oh. about doing those sketches, but, but look, they know when we're and we laughed all the time yeah. backstage. Oh. I mean, really, there was so much laughter. And do you remember we did a scene called um, a, a, a sketch called Pictures of You? Pictures of You was a fantastic yeah. sketch. Yeah. So it, it was it was just to paint a picture for the, for the people like, just listening. It was like Joe comes on stage, we get a fake sort of studio uh, host, 
and yeah. like it's a sort of segment where we go through some of Joe's pictures when he was younger, uh, growing coming through, yeah. and uh, very hilarious stories, pictures, yeah. and we get to know a little bit bit, bit about you yeah. and and your background. Yeah. And it's very very funny. Like it's yeah. very. But so I've, I've got I've got that. I was I was looking at that that footage the other day because I'm, at the, I'm right in the, at, the, at the moment I'm in the middle of compiling all this footage for my 25th anniversary, and that was the good, the bad, and the ethnic was a show that I was looking at the other day. Right. So, yeah, and yeah, I've got a clip of that. I'll use it again. And and there was a laptop, and like we, you know, yeah. and and Rob was was yeah, Rob was, was the, the host. Yeah, Rob was the host, yeah. And, yeah. and the laptop would open, and we'd ask the questions, and you come up. Uh, what is he saying to the ladies? It's like he's trying to pick her up, isn't he? Hey, Bella, you like a mazalami? <laughs> but of course, we always used to plant stuff in the laptop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Do you remember? That's so right. he'd open up. And you know, look, Rob would open up be, and it'd be, yeah, yeah. We're trying to be clean, but there might be, you know, whatever there. Like, there might be a penis, you know, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Or, or right. we'd have a funny saying, Rob, what's yeah. for, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. what's for love? Every yeah. single time. And then you can see, like, yeah. and for us, like, I think once I wrote Shahadi, you're not funny. Yeah. <laughs> so he would have read it. Yeah. There'd be a brief moment where he'd, like, he'd look at it and then just he'd shake his head like this yeah. and we'd yeah. laugh. Yeah. And the yeah. audience would. Because you kind of going to have to make your own show. When, when you've been doing shows over and over and over, we would do mm. hundreds of shows a year. Yeah, yeah. And, and you'd have to have your own fun backstage, you know. I, I don't think people look. I don't think they realise when we're on tour and, yeah. and everyone's successful in their own right, yeah. and yeah. and you, you do tours and all, and when we come together, yeah. it's just beautiful and it's so it enjoyable. Is. But yeah. I don't think people realise what goes on backstage. And we yeah. should give them a quick. We should paint some picture for them. They think we're back there rehearsing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it couldn't be further from the truth, right? Uh, we do our look. We do our rehearsals. Of course, we do our rehearsals. But yeah. you know, okay, let's take you know a couple of hours before the show. Yeah. We turn up to the venue, say two yeah. hours before the show, yeah. right? And people think like we're there rehearsing away. Like, yeah. nah. It, so we've got to, we first thing up, we've got to do sound check to make sure that the the headsets are right, the yeah. lighting, so that the yeah. you know if we're in a new venue, the stage manager knows what's going on, the sound and lighting guys yeah. know what's going on. They got to they got to go through there because there's a lot of cues in these shows, right? So you're but, constantly sometimes it's you know in a minute there could yeah. be three different cues. We do all that. We do all that. We do all the yeah. checks, but yeah. we do it quickly. We just get through yeah. it because yeah. you know, and there's laughter. And we, you know, we we laugh at each other. We have a go yeah. because what, what do we? What's you know, Joe? What's the most important thing? You know, backstage, the main you thing wanna, we discuss. Do you want to tell the people? The do you want to tell the people, or do, do you want no, me to tell uh, them? I got to, uh, It's the food. It's right? the food. Exactly. We right. spend more time on the food, what That's we're right. ordering, what we're going to eat before the show, yeah. than anything else. It's amazing. Yeah. We only and get we want to there. hurry up. Hurry up! Let's come on. Let's hurry up and get the. <laughs> hurry up and get the the the. the yeah. The, the practice out of the way, the rehearsals. Come on, finish yeah. the rehearsals. We Where's the, the menu? Checks. Who's, has anyone seen the menu? Yeah. Right? That was the Especially Rob. Thing. Rob was a big, like that. Oh, Rob so, was, yeah. yeah. He, that's the only thing that food. I... He was very, so fussy with food. And, and we'd text each other, like, what's going yeah. on? Like, not about the show, no. not about things. Yeah. Okay, what's the menu? What's on the menu? What, are you getting the salmon? Who's getting the salmon? Can we get some calamari? This, that, like, you know. And the food would come. And we would just have a, a great feed, you know, backstage. If people could see, they're probably thinking they're, they're memorizing the lines. They're, they're praying. <laughs> Couldn't be for. In fact, let me let me let me paint a picture for people, like you know. And I love to do this with yeah. Joe Vardy. Is is I love it because there's a lot of comics backstage. Like I'm very relaxed backstage. Mm -hmm. Now you can talk to me backstage. Yeah. 
Yeah. As long as I've done my preparation, which I do yeah. my preparation, yeah. Yeah. I'm sweet, right? Yeah. There's a lot of people like, you know, like our, our, our good mate Akmal, he loves yeah. to jump around and pour water over his head yeah. and, and have his pockets empty and yeah. walk back and forth, you know. Yeah. Carl Barron, he likes to be, you know, on his own and, and yeah. just concentrate. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, everyone's got their own yeah. preparation. But Joe and myself, you know, that's what we get on. The most relaxed individuals you could probably get, once we've done our preparation, right? But I am very relaxed. I've been backstage where they've called my name out. I said, oh, sorry, I've been talking to someone, so I've got to go. Yeah, and people think maybe they're just there standing the curtain. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we're backstage. You know, we've finished our meals. Now, Joe loves to get let go on his laptop and do his work, right? Yeah. He'll do his work. We, we're having well, laughs. work when you're producing a show like yeah. that. There's so much you're producing, yeah. You're producing, you're doing yeah. the, you know, you're booking the venues, there's, yeah. there's publicity, all sorts of stuff, right? Flights, accommodation, yeah, yeah. there's all sorts of stuff to do, yeah. So Joe's there, and like, and I'm watching with interest, right? And I, I swear to God, I saw this. I'm not even making this up. Joe's on his laptop, and I think George was, or someone was introducing you, George Caponaris, yeah. or somebody yeah. was, you know, introducing yeah. you. And I'm watching this. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up next. Now, you remember Joe still on his laptop looking down like this, head down. I think I know what you're going to say. And I'm watching this and I'm watching Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, like, you know, coming up next. And he's performed all over the world, UK, US, Canada, everywhere. Still on the laptop, head down. Okay, still would have went get up. Please welcome... Joe Avati. Only when Joe Avati will he stop typing, stand up, and just walk out of the stage. Incredible. Incredible. Right? I go, if people, if I didn't see it, like, people yeah. wouldn't believe it, right? No, but, like, it, and you go on, and you just, from the opening. And, and it used, sometimes, it, just, sometimes it would annoy me, because I'd be in yeah, the middle yeah. of, I'd be, <laughs> remember, I'd be, like, in the middle of a sentence, I'd be typing an email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Avati. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, oh, I, I go remember you saying, Joe, the show is interrupting your work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Remember that. Yeah, this show's interrupting my work. <laughs> Jeez, we had some fun though. We had, we had and a lot of you fun. You would go out you know? and, and, but I've got to tell people, you go out, you wouldn't miss a beat, you smash it, come straight off and back to his work. And the third yeah, back straight, like, you know, straight to did. in the middle of yeah, my email. Where was I up to? Right, that's right. I was answering this this question about sound and lighting for this venue. Yeah, yeah. So Tahir, uh, I really want to start talking about your TV shows because you had a couple of TV shows up on commercial TV that were your own shows that you wrote with Rob, and I mean that that's not an easy thing to do. First, it's it's hard to get one TV show up, let alone two shows up on different networks, right? Um, talk us about yes. Talk us through that process. Well, it, it's off the back of a lot of the live shows. So I've, I did all the sitcoms yep. of Fat Pizza, you know, Swift and Ship House. Those we did movies, yep. we did overseas episodes. Um, but you know, yep. Joe, you probably know that I've always working on ideas. I love. I'm actually one of those guys that work on ten different things that I'm comfortable with. In fact, I enjoy it. You know, I'm so I actually enjoy it. If I don't have ten different things to work on. I, I'm not happy. I always like to work on it. It just keeps me busy. And so off the back of a live show, I had this idea written on my laptop about this sitcom, uh, which became um, uh, Here Come the Habibs, right? That, that, that's, that's a TV show it became. 
Now, people can understand, right? So this show is about a Lebanese Arabic family that are living in the suburbs of Sydney, for example, um, low socioeconomic area. They win lotto, make it rich, and they move to a rich suburb, and they stuff up the suburb, and the neighbours are not happy. That's basically the essence of the show. It was kind of like the ethnic Beverly Hillbillies. Correct, yeah. Ethnic Beverly Hillbillies, but we've yeah. never seen anything like it on our TVs. Now, here's, here's an interesting fact for you, you know, for your listeners, Joe. I mean, this idea was sitting on my laptop for 10 years. Can you believe it? Yeah. 10 years on my laptop, two and a half pages. I clearly remember, it's two and a half pages. Some characters, an idea. And eventually, like, you know, I said to Rob, Rob, I said, you know, and that, became off, that, came, that idea came off the back of a live show we did called From Lebanon With Love. Right. Yeah, and, I remember and, seeing it, Lebanon with Love. Fantastic yeah. show. It was a bilingual show for the Lebanese community, but it was fantastic. It worked. Great it, it worked numbers. In yep. Yeah, it was great numbers. It was very well received, and and yeah, in my head at the space. And I was a director of the, from Lebanon with Love. Can you believe it? And I I don't understand any Arabic except for the swear words. <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> okay. that's like everyone else. I just I just knew the swear words. Um, yep. So I was I was a director of a show which is half Arabic. And uh, you know yeah. my background is Turkish. I don't understand, but I've got a lot of Lebanese friends, and of course, and um, but, and what I was directing was hilarious, Joe, because they'd be rehearsing on stage, and when they threw in extra lines, I'd know. Okay. Go, they do an Arabic. I go, hey, hey, what's yeah. with the extra line there? And they laugh. <laughs> they go, how do you know? I go, well, I can tell by the the rhythm, you know, yeah, by rhythm, what I've been listening to. Yeah. Um, so, this idea. So Rob, I think Rob, we should do something about this, and and then uh, so we, we you know we, we honed the idea. Yeah. We took it to a um we took it to a, a, a friend of Rob's uh, who we met Ben Davies at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and and he this is the guy that's done Bondi Rescue. Yeah. He was the executive producer of Bondi Rescue for over a decade, which which has gone all around the world, and um, he loved the idea. He you know so we you know we got into shape, and at, at that stage we had sort of um. Uh, two production companies sort of, you know, saying, look, we, we love this, right? Yeah. Um, and then we, we went with Jungle, which we were fantastic. And then we, we, we did a lot of work on it and we had a great document in the end. It's a yeah. great pitch document. Yeah. We took photos. We, we, we had the characters. And I think the, the landscape had changed. That's why the show got up. The Australian landscape had changed. Even maybe five years earlier, the networks wouldn't have done that show. Too yeah, risky. True. Yeah, too risky, too risky, right? Yeah. But because, you know, now we've got people are downloading, streaming, Foxtel, you know, all sorts of different stuff. Um, they know that views are going down. Unless they do something different, it came at the right time. It came at the right time. And so they got the document. Channel 9 in Australia, to their credit, said, you know what, we're going to do a show like this. To their credit. Like five years ago, even previous, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. They said, this is brilliant, you know. They pulled it. They said, "Yeah, we're going to do this." It was it was very exciting, but it took three people don't understand at least three years. Wow! In the making. Wow! It's not like here's a document. We so we had an idea. We get a Ben. We, then we get a production company. Then we have meetings galore to work yeah. on characters, the storylines, um, the depth, pictures, back and forth. It goes to the network. Yet yeah, they give their feedback. It comes back to us. We work on it again, and then you know we, then we get to try to get some funding. A lot of stuff, you know, I often tell Rob, you know, you know, my partner in both those projects and other people, if I knew it was going to take that long, I'd never do it. I'd never, I'm not going to spend three, four years to do it, you know, but That's in true. the time, true. during the time, you just do it. Like, you just take each step. And, but there's a lot of steps, people there's a lot of steps that go along. 
uh, you know, we would pitch to, um, and yeah, we'd pitch somewhere like the SBS, right? Yeah. And SBS, they would have, the guys, I remember he said, they would have 600 submissions a year, 600, and 300 would be comedy, right? Yeah, wow. And, yeah. and they can only have two slots at the time, two, two yeah. projects they could say yes to. And one of the projects at that time was always uh, Paul Fennick, right? Because he had yeah. he had runs on the board and he was very yeah. good at what he did. And he had, you know, all those shows. So there's one spot available for everyone else. And and he also said that the ideas would come in and there'd be a massive pile wouldn't be read. And there'd be a pile that'd be shortlisted of 20. And the shortlisted would be people that had runs on the board. And luckily for us right now, we go with an idea. I said, if you come in with an idea, at least your idea will go there, it will be read. And that's all you want as a, as a creator. You want your idea to be considered even if it's a no that's okay but as long as it's considered a lot of so a lot of people like you know and if you people don't understand they send scripts to like to uh disney and and pixar and they're not even allowed to read it people don't understand this did you know that what do you mean they're not allowed to read it so if you send them a script unsolicited yeah. right all oh, right okay Uninvited, they will not even read it right because okay. legally they know that they're not they're not allowed to because if they read it and they're working on something similar. Similar. They could, could be, they could be up for copyrighted figures. Exactly. So everything you yeah. send to Pixar, or they'll just throw away. People don't even realize. They, they, they get, people send scripts all the time. Don't waste, you're just wasting time. They won't, unless you're invited. They've got teams already working on stuff. So yeah. you know, it's, a, it's a very tough industry you know, to crack. And people, I've always got ideas. You know, And anyone who's written a movie, I always say, take my hats off. I get hat yeah. off because... A lot of people talk about it. Do you know how many yeah. people, Joe, come up to me and go, oh, 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 how do I get into shows? I want to do, I want to do acting. Yeah. I said, okay, do you? I go, have you done any, um, have you done any courses? Mm. No. Um, have you read anything? Have you done any preparation? No. no. Well, well hey, what do you think is going to happen? You think someone's yeah. going to come and knock on your door <laughs> and say, just knock on your door and say, listen, mate, we've got, a, we've got a role for you in a movie. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it's competitive as it is. There's people yeah. out there training themselves, doing courses continuously. Yeah. At least do something. So people who actually do a course, write a script. I say hats off because you've actually done something. You've you've actually taken taken a risk and, and done yeah. something, right? So, yeah. um, you know, and and the other idea, like you know, Street Smart, which yeah. I had an idea about like you know, bumbling idiots, yeah. uh, but it didn't quite come across exactly how it planned. But that's that's yeah. TV. It, that's know, TV. That happens, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah. can we ask you what are you working on now? Or is I it love. Secret? Yeah, no, 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 it's top secret. Like, uh, you know, yeah. um, I, I can give you like a, you know, uh, like a heads up. Like mm -hmm. Rob and I, we, we actually um, just recently formed yes. a production company. Um, right. So we just recently did it with Kyle Sanderlands, uh, oh, yeah. one of the biggest, yeah. uh, you know, radio, uh, you know, uh, personalities yeah. in Australia. Yeah. He's a larger and a great guy. character. Yeah. He's a great character. And he gets, yeah. look, he's good at what he does and, he, and, and he's very, yeah. he's uh, you very know, good at what he does, yeah. He's very good at what he does. He's very polarizing. You love him or you hate him? Yep. Exactly, but he's smart. Mm -hmm. He's a smarter operator, yeah. and um, so we just set up a production company to do some different ideas. But I'm working on. I, I love a children's movie. Like I'm working on a children's movie, which I love. I, I think there's a there's a there's a space, and you know, I've, I've been again. It's something I've been working on for years, and I've spent um, a lot of time on it. Characters, scripts, different stuff, and I've, I've had people, professionals, help with it as well. And you know, even um, some people have been interested, like Universal. They said, "Look, we love it." you know we want to see more and i won't give it to them until i'm ready just because they they said oh yeah yeah we, we you know 
I said, unless it's ready I'm, I'm, until I'm comfortable with it. Um, I, I'm working on a drama, uh, uh, the Snowy, the Snowy Project, you know, on the Snowy uh, Mountain Hot Scheme in Australia. Is that a funny uh, show or is that a, is no, that a serious? No, straight drama, straight drama. Yeah, straight, yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, I love doing that. I love, yeah. I go, what, why can't I do a drama? That's right, why can't you? I, I do, yeah. why can't I do a children's show? You know, I get, you know, I get, um, I like working on different projects. You know, yeah. there's nothing, for me, there's nothing stopping people doing anything they want. Yeah. There's no rules. Like, I can't, yeah. because of the shows I've been involved in, I get painted into a picture, painted on a corner. You know, I'm grateful for Fat Pizza and all those shows, but, you know, it helped and hindered me, like, as well. Like, you know, so both those things, Joe, you got to remember that. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. um, and before you can those shows. Learn. Even if you didn't do well, you can always learn something from it. You know? And and before those shows, Joe, I was already on my journey. I was already yes. doing, I was on the footy show. I was getting some uh, attention, some yeah. media attention. I was getting some articles and different stuff. So I was on my journey already. But because of the show, people, of course, the corporate world saw me as a drug dealer as well. You know, like as a yellow traction. Like people thought I'd, I'd work hard at getting the agents to say, listen, I turn up in a suit. Yeah. I, you know, I'm clean. I, yeah. You know, I don't, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not talking yeah. about yellow tracksuit. And that once yeah. I really go, you know what, this guy turns up, he does yeah. a show and I do meet and greets. You know, I don't yeah. just, I'm, 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 I'm well-mannered and, and I do, yeah. you know, so, yeah. but of course the bookers might think, but the people who at the show, they know the show. So that it helps yeah. me. Yeah. But, you know, so it, it, both ways. Well, it's hard. Like, you know, like look at Henry Winkler who played in the Fonz. It was very yeah. hard for him to play another character after people knew him as the Fonz. Bob Denver, he played uh, Gilligan on Gilligan's Island. Yes. Again, yes. it was very hard to go and play. Even even um, Ron Howard. Ron Howard ended yeah. up being a great director. But, you know, he was Richie Cunningham to everybody. And it still so, is. Yeah, it still is, you know. That's a great uh, point, yeah, know, That's uh, a great uh, point because, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I... um. If I was a, if I was a serious, if acting was my absolute passion, it would bother me. But because stand-up comedy is my passion, it doesn't bother me. I go, okay, I've been, you know, typecast as a as a dodgy character. Okay, no, it doesn't matter. As long as I can do stand-up, people come to my stand-up understand. Okay, yeah, okay, we, we he's different. We we get it, you know. Tahir, um, I'm very conscious of time. I, I want to ask you one more question before we go. Actually, two. Firstly. We still got um, so much to chat about, Joe. Well, I know. Well, I, 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 one of my questions was: was there, was there anything else that that really stood out to you over your twenty-five year career that was very interesting that we should know about, or really funny? A, a story that you want to tell us that's very funny. With comedy-wise, it doesn't matter comedy or anything serious about your life. Well, you know, I mean, look, the, the comedy I've been, I'm very grateful for because I've, I've done comedy. Um, uh, yeah, I managed to travel the world with with with, with some of the shows yep. with Fat Pizza when we were recording. Yep. We did a lap of the earth, all different countries. Mm -hmm. That was an incredible experience. Um, and but obviously, you know, like comedy enables us to travel and go to places we'd never go to. Yeah. And one of it was like Lebanon, right? Yeah. My mate Anthony Salome. Of course, the, yeah, Anthony Salome. He was on Virgin yeah. Radio, wasn't he? Virgin Radio, he, Breakfast Radio, yeah. killing it, right? Great like guy, his Anthony. ratings were. He's such a twice. Nice guy. Yeah, his his ratings were twice, the, 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 and he kicked off Virgin Radio there. Yes, I remember when he went over. He was the yeah. first time, yeah. and and he was you know so he organised this comedy gala, Ash Fraser Maine, African American from Melbourne. Yeah, uh, he comes along and and comedians from all over the world. Yeah, we go to Lebanon right for the show, so I love it because I go there five days earlier with Ash. Yeah, and we look around, we we're just loving yeah. it, and yeah, and so it was incredible. We did 
1,500 seats on the side of a mountain, open air. Right? Wow. Pack. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. And I said, does it rain? They go, nah, nah. They go, like, it never rains here. Don't worry, it never rains. Summer. <laughs> That's confidence, what, what, right? What are, the, what are the people in Lebanon have a have an ethnic Australian accent. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't actually. They don't, they don't. The Lebanese were very different to Lebanese of Sydney, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they love, they're all up with the modern cultures, everything is, is, yeah. is great. Yeah. But I remember just, I remember going around the country, we go, yeah, 1,500 people is great. And we went to uh, Byblos, like historical town, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I looked at, it was near the, uh, it was like the ocean, I go, what's this built? I go, it was a massive stadium built, like yeah. seats. Yeah. And there was a stage. I go, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. What's they go, what's it? 8,000 seats, Joe. 8,000 seats. Outdoor. Outdoor again. Who's this for? Kenny G. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny G, G is, mass- is massive in Lebanon. Yeah, we had 1,500. He had 8,000. And he doesn't even do one joke. <laughs> <laughs> what? But look, Didn't you tell me been, some funny story about been, some people on the billboard? In Lebanon? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I saw the, the... See, when I... What I loved about going to Lebanon was because yeah. all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm from Australia. I was yeah. born in Turkey, but I came to Australia when I was three or four. Yeah. Grew up in this country, educated here. So I'm Australian, and Turkey's right? an amazing... If, if, if anyone's never been to Turkey, you've got to go. I've been to Istanbul twice. I love yep. Istanbul. It's one of my favourite cities in the world. And uh, my next on, on my list is has got to be the Turkish Riviera. Uh, it's, it just looks... It's be- so, yeah, I beautiful. could not believe when I went to Istanbul... The nightclubs, the outdoor nightclubs that start off on the road, and you don't know, you sort of come out onto the, you go into the nightclubs from the road, and then there's this, it's like, it's like downhill to the ocean, but all different platforms of seating, bars. What amazing nightclubs there is there. Anyway, sorry, continue. We went back to Turkey as a family when I was 18. Right. As all of us, we went there just as a family holiday, just see all the things that I'll, I'll never forget. Like, we, I mean, I'm from Ankara. I was born in Ankara, like the capital. So yeah. people think Istanbul is capital, but it's not. No, no, uh, yeah. But here's, and you know, I, I won't go back because you know this. What's this, this podcast is called? Tell us something you don't know. Yeah. Well, I won't go back to Turkey because uh, I haven't done the army service. All right. right? <laughs> <laughs> like every other ethnic, I can't well, go back. Why not? I haven't done the army service. Um, I, I, I refuse because like I'm not. going But even do still, the army. now, so if you go back now, they'll arrest you for not doing the army. There's no age. There's no. There's no limit. There's no age limit. There's no. You know they'll get you at the airport if you're on the list. um, You know, and unless you've paid a fee, Joe, unless you paid a fee, Uh, and of course you had to do two years service. Well, it's changed over the years. Then you had to do eighteen months service, and then if you pay like fifteen thousand euros, you had to do one month, and then that became less and less. And I said, look, I don't want to do any time. I'll pay. I don't want to do any time at all. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah, there. Yeah. But because I've got a degree, apparently I go in as an officer. So I can, you know, I can right. boss my two brothers around if they come with me. Right? But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't believe, like, you know, I, I'm not going to, it's just a waste of time. I'll do it for a laugh, yeah. but I wouldn't do it for, for any other reason. But we went yeah. to, I remember going to Istanbul, two o'clock in the morning, the bus stopped, we got out, and people were everywhere. And I'm going, is this, this is a, the, the shops were open, the markets, the, there was a buzz. I go, is there some sort of festival on or something? And I go, no, this, this is just like every night. And we forget because, you know, it, in Sydney, it's almost embarrassing. We close 
Our airport shuts at, uh, it's at 11 p.m. It's embarrassing. Oh, no, we're not like, you know, it's the Grand Bazaar. We've got a 24-hour city. One of the most amazing places I've ever been. I, I just love the spice market. You know, I love food and cooking. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The spice market there was just sensational. Speaking of food and, and cooking, um, you've actually, yep. uh, on a side hustle, um, uh, <laughs> run uh, a whole lot of cafes, right? Yeah, so it's it's basically... Can we like, to talk about that? Can we, yeah, we, we can I talk just... about it. No, no, we can talk about it. So I kept all the drugs, and then from that money, (laughs) (laughs) and then I turned it. No, no, just um, basically my family, like you know, my parents worked very hard um, in 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 factories. I got the migrant story. My mum working in uh, uh, in Dunlop, and my dad working in Kellogg's. They worked hard, and it was incredible. Like you know, when you think about it, Kellogg's was in Balmain, wasn't it, back in those days? Mascot. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's an incredible decision. I still mm-hmm. think about all the, you know, the migrants that they, they came to Australia and my parents signed up as, as young people with young kids yeah. and they, and you had a choice in Turkey to either go to Germany or Australia. Yeah. And most Turkish people went to Germany because it's close and that's why a lot of Turks are there. There's yeah. like, there's millions, so right? that, that's something I didn't know. Yeah, and, and yeah. so most people went there. My dad, pioneer. You know, he goes, you know what? And and they were scared to go to Australia because they'd heard about these Aboriginal people. You right. know, like they were scared of all, all these sort of stories. And mm. my dad, no, nah, we're going to the other side of the world. And the Aboriginals right. were scared of the white people. <laughs> they, they, they were scared of the ethnics. Yeah, I was scared of the ethnics. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, my dad, when I think about it, I go, what a decision to, like, say, in his 20s, I can't, mm. I, I can't decide what to have for breakfast. Yeah. Like this guy... He said, when I go to Germany, we could have an easy decision. Australia, where he knows nobody, we go there. And of course, a lot of people, you know, I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, but my parents had the same story as a lot of other migrants where people aren't aware, but the migrants only justified their migration by having this story. We're only going to go for a couple of years, make a bit of money, and, and then go back. That's right. Then come back. Yeah. So people, a lot of people aren't aware of this, and that's how they justify in their heads. Yes, because they've got their right. sisters, brothers, family, parents all there. Yes. Why would you just pack up and go to the other side of the world yeah. without any plan to come back? But of course, once you come here, they start earning, working hard, um, and just take my hat off to all migrants. I, and, and they did it harder than us. People came to Australia in the nineteen fifties, forties. Incredible what they went through is unbelievable, right? Yeah. Um, so he, they get here, they work hard. And then my parents opened up a, like a business. My mum, like, you know, with my brother, opened up a seafood uh, shop in the, in the city centre of, of, of Sydney. I remember and going to that store, shop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we've had like, and then we, uh, you know, then my brothers, I remember t- it was a big moment. It's an important story because I was teaching and doing comedy. Then comedy was getting busy. And, and I was getting pulled, like I was taking a lot of days off, off work. And because I do a lot of extracurricular activities for the school, like the school play, the musical, you know, which I used to direct, um, the te- the principal liked me and said, she said, don't worry. Just... So I had like, I remember clearly with teaching Joe, you had 22 sick days, right? Full paid sick days and 22 half sick days. And teachers were so scared to get to the half sick days. For me, I'm going, what? I don't turn up, I still get half my money. That's a good deal. <laughs> Yeah. And they ring up, like you had to ring up when you when you took a day off, right? Yeah. And another teacher would answer, and then according to how many teachers were absent, they would organise casual teachers to yeah. replace you. Yeah. 
And teachers, Joe, get this, that ring up with sore th- like throats or croaking. Yeah. They do it first thing in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I can't come yeah. in today because, like, you know, the teacher doesn't care. They're just taking it. For me, it was like, g'day, this tie here. Look, I'm feeling pretty good today, but I won't be coming in. <laughs> you know, that, that, whatever. Can you imagine and the casual like, teachers that have to take over your class? I don't know what they call it casual. They probably never worked so hard for it in their life. <laughs> I had like I had like twenty over twenty two sick days. Yeah. Um, so all the teachers loved me because I took the pressure off them. Yeah. They go, oh, now Tahi's got the most, and and I was taking days off to go to to Adelaide or Perth or Melbourne, wherever. Like you know, I'd, I'd be doing shows and coming back. So I got to the stage where I said, okay, I'm going to leave. Comedy's getting busy. So I opened up a juice bar with my brother, my younger brother, and. The idea was like I work in the business, yeah. and he runs a business. So I work there as well. Yeah. And when I do comedy, I just do take off guilt free, mm-hmm. right? Do my comedy, I come back to the business. Yeah. And that was my, that was my, gateway to becoming a full time comedian. Yeah. I don't, I just didn't just. So then eventually we sold a business, and comedy, eventually just took over. Which yeah. and when, when, you know, comedy full time is scary, because you know like, you get your diary, and. One month we'd be busy, the following month we'd be a little bit here and there, and then three months down the track, nothing. And you go, okay, I've got no gigs. Or, like, or, or in this particular situation now, we're finding ourselves in here. I had the busiest July, um, and I, I had a great August, September, October, and just, just like that, gone. COVID came and wiped off the entire calendar. We've got no work because we can't travel anywhere. No, we can't, no, there's no. Nowhere, nowhere we can do shows. I know you've done a few virtual shows. Um, you know, good yeah, on Zoom comedy is like it's a bit tricky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, look, they're a bit tricky, but you get pie. Like, I mean, this game, and that's why I think we work so hard. Like, I mean, because we know what it's like. There's nothing guaranteed in this business. No, there is nothing and, guaranteed. You know, you've got to no. constantly work and work and work. You know. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, just to go back to the comedy, I remember like the comedy store, and do you remember Harold Park Hotel? Yes. That's right. I never so did Harold Park. The, I've only did it a handful of times, but you were there a lot more than I was. I, so when I first started comedy, I did 18 months of open mic. I yeah. go for 18 months, and I, I did a bit longer, but for yeah. 18 months, I clearly remember anywhere where there was comedy, I was there. Yeah. I turn up three times a week. Yep. Can, yeah. I, can I get up and perform? No. Okay, I'll watch. Yeah. And then I found out about Harold Park, went there, loved it. It was yeah. a great, great place. And... I remember the, the, the guy, the, the, the owner, Simon, uh, Simon Morgan, I think it was. Yeah. Um, he said, listen, I'm going to put you on, on, on one night because there was a rumour that Robin Williams was going to be on. on oh, yes, I was going to turn that. up. I remember, that's right. And Ostentatious so, was headlining. Yeah, yeah, Ostentatious was the headliner. So, yeah. uh, and I turn up because I'm just like, he goes, I'm going to put you on because he liked me as yeah, well yeah. And, and he supported me. And so I turn up on this Monday night and the place is full of comedians, yeah. unusually. Yeah. And I told my mates, Robin Williams could turn up, right? They turned up. They go, as long as there's a chance he's, he's going to be there, yeah. they turn up. So I turn up, and the place is packed, Joe. 300 people, chockers, comedians everywhere, unusual. You know, you don't just see comedians turn up to open mic night. Yeah. They're yeah. all there. I was first on, right? First on. I go, bang, get up and do it. And I do well. And I come off. Okay, it's a bit of fun. And I'm backstage, of course, backstage. Crowd back and forth. Of course, I'm backstage, and what do I see? No, a massive white limousine turning up to Glebe in Sydney. And Glebe yeah. is 
tight streets if people don't know like tight yeah. streets yeah. narrow yeah this white limousine yeah. pulls up it's like it's like a suburb in in london you know like yeah part of london yeah and he and and robin williams had done this 10 years earlier right and so he's renowned for getting up at uh, comedy clubs yeah he gets out of the he gets out of the uh the limousine everyone's excited you know and so we we all we go okay everyone's going to clear backstage so we all go to the uh, we all go to the audience to to watch ostentatious was on he'd been on for yeah. five or ten minutes right mm -hmm. and he'd already been told when robert Williams turns up you got to get off yeah and don't worry about it. you still get paid just you just yeah. get off so he's on right five ten minutes only robin williams sticks his head you know, from, from you know behind yeah. the curtain the place erupts goes yeah. nuts ostentatious yeah. gets off robert yeah. williams smashes it out for 40 minutes that's yeah. a killer set right 40 minutes yeah. people go nuts you know then he gets off by now it's like midnight you yeah. remember because it was long nights long nights yeah. it was definitely after 11 11 30 midnight it's a long night we've seen a lot of open mic nights uh, open uh, open mic acts mic comedians uh, yeah. then we've got some paid acts we had a host and we had five or ten minutes of austin but you know we, we're getting near the end of the night as it is then robin williams comes into his 40 minutes what does ostentatious do he comes back on yeah like the night's finished <laughs> yeah but do you remember what he said yeah i remember what he said he comes back on he had a great line he goes well that was one of the better support acts i've had <laughs> it's a great we line could just do we could just do a podcast just on all the stories about touring with ostentation oh we should we you should know? he is yeah, a character. he was out there he i i love i love i love you I, I just think he's one of the best stand-up comics in the world but you know it's just um he said look uh, he supported me as well like and yeah and and yeah, he, had his, he he always supported us. He loved the ethnic comics. He did. He loved like, us. And, yeah, and yeah. just a quick, like, do you remember uh, he used to run a club at, in Double Bay in Sydney? Double, Double Bay, Bay, of course. Uh, you know how many shows I did there? Yeah. So many shows, hundreds of shows. We did a lot of yeah. shows, and, and Austin was yeah. the MC and the host, and he'd often yeah, say, host, okay, yeah. I'll bring you on in five, and he'd do 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It was his... Sometimes the audience would leave because he would, he would uh, abuse the entire audience. Yeah. Um, sometimes he was that good that, when you come on because you're new you stood out as being a, a, a newcomer as being amateur so you really had to work harder sometimes the audience didn't want to laugh at any of the comedians because he pissed everybody off so yeah. it, you know what a great it was actually a very good training ground unbelievable us. unbelievable yeah, like i'm forever grateful to him for that very grateful do you, do you remember how he brought peter egner on do you ever tell you the story no so peter egner was, was, a, was, a, was a look he was a comedian that started the comedy store yeah wasn't really getting laughs you know yeah. um and we'd all encourage him we'd all encourage each other yeah. it was very encouraging yeah. thing and he was a great guy like and eventually he became and he was a postman by day wasn't he well eventually he became a great comedian and, and won an award and then it became yeah. like a postman. but he went full-time and then he, was, yeah. he started taking all sorts of gigs that he shouldn't have and that was that's, yeah. that's what happens when you go full-time too quickly but mm -hmm. early on we turn up the, the double bay comedy club right and i'm there backstage just you know back of the room listening and Peter Egning's next up. Nice and goes up, and this is the intro. I'll never ever forget it. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, is a comedian who's never got any laughs. And tonight will be no different. Please welcome Peter Egner. <laughs> <laughs> <I remember. laughs> yeah, I remember. And look, can you yeah. imagine being introduced like that? Yeah. Well, the poor uh, guy got up, and as I said, look, he, he, he eventually became. Fred Lang, I was, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a comedian now. He's a fucking butcher. That's what he does. He's a butcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring him on. And, Bring you know, he'd, Austin, he'd always book me on uh, Anzac Day. You know that? 
Yeah, right. Okay. Every, yeah, every time, Anzac Day, Anzac Week, always made a point of point of booking me, just so I can say, ladies and gentlemen, it's Anzac Day. We're gonna for that. We're gonna get a Turkish comedian. <laughs> just for that line, he'd always he'd yeah. always have me. But yeah, he loved um, us. So yeah, yeah he, he he did he did. And yeah. look, yeah. so many stories. Like you know, we can do a whole podcast on, on comedy backstage. The story with him, you could do it. Yeah. And and, yeah. and we we've barely touched on all, all our tours and shows yeah. and stuff. And well, maybe been... we'll, we'll chat again, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, further down in the series. I've got one last question before we go. What do you do to live a better life? What do you do? We want to know from Tahir. Yeah. Tahir, what what does Tahir do every day to make his life better? Sure, it's a good question, Joe. I mean, look, um, um, people might not know this, but I actually um, volunteer. So I'm an ambassador for two charities. Save Our Sons and Special Olympics. And Special Olympics is, it's a wrong thing to call Olympics because it's not every four years. It's helping Down syndrome kids and, and, and all sorts of disability all year round with sport and different stuff. And I remember being in infant school and, and, and in, um, in uh, Summer Hill in Sydney because that's where we first lived, right? And they brought these Down syndrome kids to our class and I had a bond with them. It was incredible. They really like me. I like them, and they gravitate towards me. And I help them, like, and right from then, I had this sort of sort of bond. And it was, it was, and to to then volunteer for Special Olympics, we they play sports every week because it gives them something to look forward to. Um, so just to you know, and, and with the charities, help out like wherever you can, volunteer to do shows, host their events, uh, donate prizes if you can, whatever you can to to, to help them, you know, do you help them, and, and I feel like. As comedians, we get asked a lot, always like, can you help this, can you help that? And I just found like, you know what, instead of just doing charities, I'll do charities wherever I can to help out. If I'm free, I will say yes. You know? yeah. Like policemen lost their lives. There was a charity, like, I did that several times, yes. Uh, yeah. Or there's there's a natural disaster where bushfires mm-hmm. in Australia, but yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an instant yes, Yeah. yeah. whatever. So I thought, why not concentrate on a couple of charities and, mm-hmm. and I think, and that way you can put your energy towards it, right? Yeah. So I think if you can, if you're in a position to help out and volunteer, and this goes for everything, you know, everybody in life, help out and volunteer. Yeah. Always donate. I always love to donate um, on those, you know, on those forums, like, you know, uh, fund me. I'm a sucker for those. Yeah. Always, yeah. bang, help out. No problem. Just, yep, help yeah. out. If it's a scam, it's a scam. Just um, also, as you get older, like, I know you love food. I, you know, I try to eat better, like an exercise, yeah. like do yeah. the basics, and yeah. um, and it's it's you know it's not easy because like you know the, the yeah, ethics, know. you know the food rules our lives. You know? food, we, it does, yeah. We grew up. That's why we've got two kitchens, right? <laughs> yeah, <we've> got... <laughs> I think we were very lucky that our parents decided to come to Australia. You know, Tahir, mate, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't know about you that I learned today, and even after twenty-five years of being friends. You know, there were some really interesting facts that, you know, sort of blew my mind. We had a great time. We had a great laugh. This is going to be one of the favourite episodes, I'm sure. Because I act, I don't actually have a lot of comedians on, uh, yeah, on this yeah. podcast. It's actually, you know, it's, 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 that's why it's called a serious chat, you know, with a comedian. But today's been a serious chat with a comedian, being you. So well, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, look, it has been a serious chat. It's very enjoyable. Like, And, yeah, we, we've uh, we've been mates for a long time. And we... we, we uh, I. When we tour, what do we say, Joe? When we go on tour, the show is enjoyable, but the best part is backstage, chatting backstage, to each other, catching yeah. up. We go for walks, yeah. we have a laugh, um, yeah. and you know, look, there's so much more we can talk about. Uh, but you yeah. know, 
time, people just maybe have to go. Maybe we've got to go yeah. a part three, part four at some point. Yeah. Like, uh, but absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. And for one of the other me. great things about being on stage is like when you're on stage, we all bitch about you. While I'm on stage, everyone else bitches about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's a good laugh. Yeah. Is it? We've had yeah. so many stories, but yeah. But oh, thank you. Like, it's no. a great, um, it's a great thing. Always enjoyable to chat to you. Always. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Taz.